Hey, Shepherd family, this is Pastor Scott Seidler. I bring to you grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John and the New Testament of Scripture, are dedicated to the words, the conversations that Jesus had during his last meal with his disciples on earth. And these conversations were not something that happened in, in, in quick fashion. Uh, a typical Passover meal, which Jesus was celebrating there on that Jewish day of Passover, would be a long and protracted event. And there was lots of time for leisurely, albeit intense, conversation between him and his most trusted circle of followers. One of the things that I'm mindful of is that each of these words, these bits of conversation that Jesus had and John recorded, these are helpful for us in order to understand what it means to have Holy Communion with our God and Heavenly Father. And so as we read from John chapters 13 through 17, that's a constant question that I have is, is how do these words, how do these bits of conversation that Jesus has help me understand this reconciled relationship that I now have with God. In fact, maybe in the next week, just by way of a quick and early application point in this message, it might be helpful for you to read through John chapter 13 through 17 and decide, maybe pull out some golden nuggets by which your understanding of your relationship with God is uh, put in greater relief. Last week, we heard in our digital worship service, we heard about how we are the branches and Jesus is the vine. He gives us nourishing, life-giving hope and help so that we can function in this world in such a way that we, we produce great and good fruit. That's a, an indication that the relationship, restored relationship we have with God in spite of our sins, in spite of our failure points or disobedience or anything else that comes against us, that this relationship with God is to be a fruitful one. And that fruitfulness is something we can depend on because we have a vine. We have a source of nourishment that is trustworthy, true, consistent, and most of all, at heart, good. A few weeks ago, we heard about Jesus, who was, at least in John chapter 10, a good shepherd. He cares for the sheep, again, helping understand what this is for us, a holy communion, a re-communion with God. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper in John chapter 15, beginning at verse 9. And what we're going to hear about is the way in which Jesus sows love in us so that we can sow love more broadly in this world, and most importantly, so that we can recognize and understand what holy communion with God is really all about. You know, as I was growing up, one of the things that I have in the back of my head is the parking lot at Peace Lutheran Church, the Lutheran church that I grew up in over the hill, up on top of the hill in my hometown of Morris, Illinois. And, and Peace Lutheran Church was a little straight building made out of brick. It was beautiful with yellow, uh, gold, mustard gold kinds of chairs that you sat in and green carpet. It was built in 1975. I mean, it, it's kind of old school. And, uh, and, and I always remember, though, walking out into the parking lot with my mom and my dad and my sister 
as we left church, and in one of the warm feelings of my childhood that I remember is the Holy Communion, the fellowship, the bond of the Spirit that I had with my family at that time as I left church, another kind of Holy Communion that helped make my family the Holy Communion that it was. Now, it could have been that I was, you know, five, seven, nine, ten years old, and I was just happy to be done with the hour worth of church. That's also possible. But I also recognize in those moments that there was something special, that, that something was more right about the world because of this restored, renewed relationship with God that I had just experienced, along with the people that loved me most and I loved most in this world. You know, John chapter 15 gets at that kind of Holy Communion love, that kind of fellowship. And I want you to listen in as I read for you these words from John 15 and see how they energize you to live a life of love, of reconciled love, not only with God, but with those around you, near and dear to you. Listen in now as I read from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, so remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and reign, remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for our friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. How many times did Jesus invite us to love each other? To understand this love flows from a free heart, one that is no longer enslaved to fear, who has to love because, well, if we don't, God's going to get us, but rather a heart that is freed because we know that in spite of our failures, God loves us, and therefore, in spite of the failures of others, we can love them. Friends, as we think about these verses and as we think about Holy Communion, it is God's fervent hope for us that we can commune in a holy, sanctified, renewed, and restored way, not only with Him, but with others. This is the kind of renewed and restored love that makes the world go around. Now, the fact of the matter is, I am custom-made, custom-made by my own choices not to love others as easily as God would want me. My corrupt heart, the sinful, evil wickedness of this world, constrains me, coaches me to turn against others, to love myself more than I love my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, my co-workers. The love that I have for myself causes me to be more inclined to lay down my life for myself than to be sacrificially bent toward helping others. 
If we are going to make a go of what Jesus is talking about here, if we are to rise and shine as God's people, it's going to take us being trained up like branches on a vine in order to produce good fruit, at the heart of which is a life of love lived for others. You know, in, in the Lutheran Church and in many congregations, um, we certainly know the Word of God. We read Scripture. That's an important piece of it. But there's also another part that is called the sacraments of the church. In some communions, it might be called the ordinances of the church. Um, baptism, the Lord's Supper. If you live in the Catholic communion, if you're a Roman Catholic by background, you may have heard of ordination or marriage or uh, last rites. Those are sacraments of a different kind but they are ordinances, sacraments of a kind. Um, but in our Lutheran communion, in, in the heart and soul of our shepherd family, um, the Lord's Supper and Holy Baptism are the two sacraments that we focus on most predominantly. And one of the things is that uh, here at Shepherd, in our uh, daily uh, and, and kind of analog community, we look forward every weekend to receiving the Lord's Supper. That's kind of a new practice here at Shepherd. We receive the Lord's Supper every service, every Sunday on all of our campuses. And one of the reasons why I'm excited about that is because it is so important for us, as believers in Jesus Christ, to stand or sit or kneel shoulder to shoulder with other believers and receive the body and blood of Christ, the bread and wine, as a memorial and token of what God has done through Jesus Christ for us. This very real presence of Jesus Christ in our midst, in in-person worship, it, it tells us something. It does something. It achieves and accomplishes something that is spiritually significant. In the truest sense, it is a holy communion. You may be at a distance because of this digital format, but the same sentiment is still there for you. Even though you may not receive the official sacrament of the church, it's so important for us to be in a life, a rhythm, a ritual of holy communion with others knowing that those who stand shoulder to shoulder with us because of Christ, they are no longer slaves to sin or death or the fear of any of it. That because of Jesus Christ, they have the ability to love one another, just like you are called to love others. And that because of Jesus Christ, we have in us a new spirit by which we can lay down our lives for others, sacrifice in ways that others may think crazy, to even consider, much less comprehend. You see, Holy Communion matters to Jesus. Holy Communion matters in the church. It's why even as you're watching this digital message, if you're not here in Scottsdale, if you're not able to connect with our Shepherd family here in Scottsdale, Arizona, for you to hear my encouragement, go and find a church where the sacraments are celebrated where you can taste, literally taste with your taste buds, you can taste and see that the Lord is good. And that the Holy Communion that is at the center of the sacraments is the restored, reconciled relationship you can have with God. One that is freed from the slavery of fear or shame or guilt. A slavery that has been put away so that you can know your eternal life is secure 
in heaven. We read John chapters 13 through 17 so we can understand better what this holy communion with God is is all about. And today we see in John chapter 15, beginning at verse 9, a life, a holy communion freed from slavery, sacrificial in nature, and characterized by a single word, love, attached to the command, love one another. Friends, if we can do that knowing that as branches attached to the vine, we have a Savior who has sacrificed himself, become a slave to our sin on our behalf, and has given his life to show the perfect love of God for us. We are Christ's one another. He has given his life for us, for you. Amen. And now, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.